So welcome to uh, episode one of the Alex Bromwich Presents podcast. This is the first time that I've ever done anything like this that's sort of unscripted and it's just a bit off the cuff. So I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but we're going to give it a go anyway. I've got a few notes down here and I'm just going to talk for a bit and hopefully we're going to uh, get some interesting points and I can talk about why I'm doing this and uh, what I'm hoping to get out of it and really what I'm actually really hoping to uh, bring to all of you who listen to this. So as I said in the beginning, my name's Alex Bromwich. It would be a bit weird if it was called Alex Bromwich Presents and uh, it was someone else presenting it. So I'm Alex Bromwich. Who am I? Well, I'm 38 years old. I was born in the UK, lived in the UK for the majority of the beginning of my life. I moved to Sweden when I was 28 years old and worked there for nearly 10 years and then moved to the USA just a couple of years ago. I have a background in mechanical engineering from Aston University and I also have a MBA in um, specialising international business and advanced strategy from uh, Aston University as well. Uh, in my career, I've worked all the way through from pharmaceutical, tobacco, other fast-moving consumer goods uh, companies, and now in um, Tetra Pak, which is one of the largest packaging companies in the world. And I've worked there since I moved to Sweden, and that so has taken me up to nearly close to 12 years now there at Tetra Pak. I've had a lot of different roles there and I've done a lot of different things over the years and uh, it's been a fascinating journey and one that I'm continuing to enjoy and uh, having a lot of fun with. But I wanted to take it back and try and go to you know where the values are and why I'm doing this. So why am I just starting a podcast now at the age of 38? Well, I think it's interesting. I've always felt that I've got thoughts and a message that I want to be able to get out there and be able to share with people and hope that they can uh, pick up on some of those things and it can add value to what they're really thinking about and what they're trying to work on. I always see a lot of inefficiencies out there in the work that I do and the things that I see people working on. And I quite often wish that everyone knew some of the things that I knew and that I had maybe shared them in a better way and that they could have picked those up and they could have helped them along the way with what they're doing. And so it's also about informing about some of the things that I feel I know that I can share, not because I'm an expert in them, because I don't really consider myself an expert in anything, to be honest. I consider myself much more to be a generalist, and I know good amount of things about a lot of different things. Definitely not a deep expert in a lot of things, although some of my colleagues would very politely disagree with that. But that's, uh, that's how I feel about myself anyway. And... I really want this to be able to be about a dialogue. So I'm hoping that in future episodes, I'll be able to do a lot of questions and answers. I'm a really big fan of helping people and coaching people. I did a long time, um, a two year stint during my time in Tetra Pak where my main focus was actually working on training courses. And I was delivering problem solving training and uh, other quality tool training inside of Tetra Pak. And that was a huge amount of fun for me. And I learned a lot not only about problem solving, but also about the problem solving systems that are used, but also about how training people is easy and difficult and how you can get in a lot of reps doing things and you can improve and work on your approach. And uh, that was an area that I do dived into very deeply for yeah close to two years that was really fascinating to me. Uh, that's one of the topics I'd like to talk about. And another topic that I find very special is um, around you know working with supply bases working in supply chains and looking at supply chain quality 
that's an area that I've specialised in on and off throughout my whole career, uh, being that I've always had to do a lot of work with suppliers. And that's actually one of the main reasons that I was brought to Sweden to work for Tetra Pak was because of my knowledge of how supply chain should work and how supplier customer relationship should be and they should be managed in a good way, which I thank my colleagues in the pharmaceutical industry for teaching me for when I was uh, much younger. I'm also going to bring on quite a few of my friends is my plan. They're all from a different mix of backgrounds, but I have some uh, entrepreneurs, some friends who, for instance, have recently left their corporate careers in order to uh, be able to pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, which I really respect and really admire. And what they've done is, you know, really fascinating. And I really look forward to sharing that with you all. And I want to be able to make sure that we can uh, have a dialogue about those as well. So I really want to make sure that we leave it open for questions and answers. In the future, I expect when I've got a bit of better setup here that we'll have some camera angles. We can hopefully have the guys join on phone or even join physically here at, uh, at my little makeshift studio in the, uh, in the front of my house. And also we will probably want to do it on Instagram Live while we do it as well so that we can actually field questions live when we're broadcasting, which I think would be really fun. But we'll also take them to, to be handed in as well and I'll set up an email address for all of that at some point. In fact, I'm just going to write that down so that I don't forget it because that's going to be pretty key that you guys can actually get hold of us. Obviously, you can get hold of me on all the social media platforms. I'm Alex Bromage on Facebook. I have a business page and uh, a private page. I have um, at Successfully Orientated on Instagram. Now, that is the British spelling, but I'm going to probably change it to the American spelling because apparently no one understands what orientated is, so it's going to be oriented instead, which is even hard for me to say as an Englishman. I'm also on Twitter at Alex Bromage, so you can hit me up on any of those. I really love chatting with people and really love talking about pe with people, and uh, it's some really good stuff. And if you look at my Instagram feed, you'll see that since I started it a few weeks ago, it is really some snippets of just advice and ideas and thoughts and little rants that I have about different aspects of business and interactions that I've had with people that I find really interesting and fascinating. And that's what I really want to try and turn this into and, and be, become as we go ahead. One of the reasons that I chose a podcast format is because I've actually been into podcasts for quite a long time. I've listened to podcasts for well over five years. I started out actually... Um, when I discovered triathlon uh, living in Sweden and I discovered the Zen Triathlon podcast by Brett Blankner who uh, then, then went on to become my triathlon coach for a while as well. He helped me train to do my uh, first and only Olympic triathlon. It was uh, enough of an experience for me not to want to repeat it anytime soon. Uh, but Brett and I had a uh, really great time with while I was training for that and I enjoyed his podcast very well because it was informal yet informative and it was real and he was basically just documenting what he was doing as he was going out there and it was really great to listen to him and you know be inspired by him and through Brett I became aware of Rich Roll and his books and I read his book and then I discovered that he had a podcast and I was a and still am a great consumer of Rich Roll's podcast which I enjoy thoroughly the majority of his episodes. I don't listen to all of them. I like to filter based on the content and what I think I'll find interesting. But I really appreciate Rich's uh, very broad view of the world and uh, how he's very big on being thankful and thoughtful and, and mindfulness. 
and also is just really putting it out there for everyone to see. He doesn't hold anything back. He doesn't keep anything for himself. And him and Julie are really generous with, you know, their thoughts and their time. And that's something that <clears throat> I really appreciate and I hope to uh, be able to emulate in, in what I do here. And then through that, I've also progressed through various different areas of podcasting as well, you know, with some of the uh, more financial orientated podcasts like Peter Schiff and uh, Quoth the Raven as well, which I find interesting yet a little bit off the wall at times. But uh, Quoth the Raven's always interesting for a listen if you want some uh, fun and uh uh, it's always an entertaining podcast when he has certain guests on. And I, I find that very interesting because it's a very nice alternative view to what's going on in the world versus, you know, the usual media stuff. And now I'm very much on to the Gary V podcast, which uh, I only really discovered Gary fully in, should we say, the last six months or so. Uh, I did discover him a few years ago, but it would just he didn't mesh with me at the time. I don't know whether I was ready to listen to what he was saying or, or what it was, but his message didn't resonate or mesh with me, you know, right at the beginning. And so I had to give it a break. And, uh, you know, now I feel very ready to listen to what he is. I also listen to the Russell Brunson podcast, uh, Marketing Secrets, and also the jo Jocko Willink podcast as well, which I find the Jocko Pack podcast is fantastic. And uh, him and Echo do a great job. And I love listening to those long form deep dives into the different books that he goes to. I, I'm not a military guy. I come from uh, a military family on my, my mom's side, but uh, it wasn't, wasn't for me. And, uh, but I have a great respect for the guys that go through that. And then to learn more about it and more in depth as to what they go through and what they learn on their journey through Jocko's podcast. And then the lessons that apply into his leadership and into his books, which I, I read his books quite a while ago as well is really tremendous and it's very reinforcing and very motivating to listen to that stuff that Jocko puts out as well. So if you haven't uh, ever listened to the Jocko podcast and you want to learn more about, you know, accountability and leadership and um, also parenting, both him and Gary V, I think, talk really knowledgeably and really humbly about what it is to be a parent and how to be a parent. Jocko's actually written a whole series of books about it, which is just brilliant. I haven't read them yet, although I should do because, you know, my daughter is uh, just turning eight months, just turned eight months old uh, last week. So it's probably good that I do that. And, you know, to share more about me, I've also done quite a lot of different training over my time. I did my MBA, as I mentioned, and I'll probably dedicate a whole episode to my MBA at one time. But, uh, I would say that in my career up to the age of 40, uh, 38 that I am now, 48, geez, I do feel old, but not quite that old yet, um, 38 years old, I have had more value out of doing my MBA than I had out of doing my mechanical engineering degree. Now, that may be because of the nature of the work that I did. I started out as a mechanical engineer in my, uh, in my work, and um, I, I, I sucked at it. I was really bad at it. I mean, I, I could design things, but they were terrible. They were too big, too small, the wrong shape, too expensive. I just was terrible at it. So uh, my bosses at the time recognized that pretty quickly, fortunately for all of us. And they moved me into a project engineering role where my job was much more to organize things in the project. And then I quickly transitioned into project management, which suited me much, much better than, uh, than actual doing design and mechanical engineering. I still find the whole engineering area fascinating and it's still something that I'm very glad that I did and I have no regrets that I did an engineering degree at all because it's it stand, stood me in good stead. I mean, from a mathematics point of view, it's been tremendous and, you know, 
just from a general understanding of how the world works when you work in the technical area like I do in, in packaging, having that background is, uh, is, is invaluable. But from a practical point of view, my MBA, MBA gave me many more tools than my, uh, uh, my engineering degree did for working in the business world. And it sounds kind of sensible or normal to say, logical to say, well, I did an MBA and it gave me tools to work in business, but quite a lot of the MBA was not useful at all. In fact, a lot of it was just a waste of time. But there was some real gold in there, particularly someone who didn't come from a business background, someone who came from an engineering background where we did a project management course, which was highly technical, engineering degree, highly technical. We did no management whatsoever during my, uh, during my engineering course. And therefore, it was really good for me to understand things like economics, like accounting, both very easy for an engineer to grasp because it's math. And, you know, it was also very easy for me to look at financial management as well. Uh, things like leadership and ethics were a bit too abstract for me and not really subjects that I did well on, but they still informed me about a lot of different things. And the innovation and entrepreneurship part was one of the first modules that I did. And it was, it was really fascinating to learn those sort of things. And going into the case studies was also very rich. But I also feel that uh, the work training that I've done through my career has also been very valuable to me. I've done ISO training, which is the International Standards Organization for both quality and environment management. And that's given me a very strong understanding of how certification programs work in business. And uh, I also want to do an episode of that. And I'm going to write these down so I don't forget them. So I'm going to do an MBA episode. And I'm also going to do a um, certification episode because that might be a very dry one, uh, but it might appeal to some people. But I think these things are very interesting to understand and, and, and learn about. And then I've also done a lot of tools training during my time. So I'm uh, a Six Sigma black belt from uh, my mentor or the guy that I really hold in a very high esteem, a gentleman called Graham Kerridge, who I really hope that we will have on the podcast and I'll interview him because he's a... Uh, He's a fascinating individual and uh, he's deeply knowledgeable and deeply experienced with um, the, uh, the whole Lean Six Sigma and particularly in the automotive and petrochemical industries. And then I've also done my full Kepner Trago system training as well. So I'm a Kepner Trago program leader. For those of you that don't know who uh, Kepner Trago are, that's also something that's going to be very good to dive into. But Kepner, Tra Kepner and Trago were two guys who did a social studies um, experiment with leaders quite some years ago. And I'll get all the details of this so we can maybe get it in a broader podcast or something, but I'll reference it also in the notes, a link to it. But they studied great leaders in the USA or, you know, good leaders in the military and in, in programs. And they identified patterns of behavior when it came to decision making, problem solving, and also understanding and managing different situations. And they were able to then synthesize those into processes that you can use now in order to actually have and repeat the same success that they were able to, those leaders were able to, to um, create. And so I only, not only was I trained on those when I first joined Tetra Pak, actually the same summer that I moved to uh, Sweden, but I also then a few years later, as I moved into the problem solving training role, I went on to their leadership program, which is where I learned to train other people in that system. It was a two week intensive course in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. And uh, that's also gives me a, 
a good segue into uh, how I met my wife, which I will uh, go into another time. Not on the course, I will add, but uh, while I was in New Jersey training with Captain Traco, that's when uh, that's when we met. And um, I uh, really wanted to uh, understand these well, and it was an intense course, and we went through it, and it was a real life eye-opening experience, both personally and technically, learning these tools to a great depth where even today, even though I don't use them every day, in fact, I barely use them every month, I can still remember pretty much exactly how to use those tools and how to use them effectively and how to facilitate people through them. So it gave me a skill set that is, is almost irreplaceable for the rest of my career, which was very valuable. It wasn't a cheap training course, um, but it was highly valuable. And uh, I can't really uh, emphasize enough how valuable learning tools and using those sort of tools on a regular basis, but learning them to a depth where you can really understand them is and how it helps you synthesize situations of complexity and complex decisions or complex problems into ones that become relatively easy to solve after that. And that can be so valuable and it can speed you up. And always one of the things that I've learned during my time in business is the person who is more rational in their approach and more data driven in their approach and the way that therefore they present the decisions and the rationales that they have for wanting to do something will always win out versus the person who is just presenting that they're going with their gut. Now, if you have a gut decision and you bring back it up well with the data and you can rationalize it using these tools retrospectively, you're very rarely going to get found out for, for it being different because in reality, it's still better than how most decisions are made in business. I wouldn't say it's symptomatic to any particular organization and it's, I'm certainly not going to talk in too much specifics about what things are in Tetra Pak, but I see it a lot with external companies and smaller companies particularly where they're driven purely by emotion. And whilst I'm not someone who buys into the quarter by quarter, you know, results management, and uh, I'm very thankful that Tetra Pak isn't a company that's orientated around that and one of our values and one of our core beliefs in Tetra Pak is taking a long-term view to how things should be. But I see it a lot in other companies and that, that I work with that that's the case and that's how they drive things emotionally and on a very short-term result basis. And everyone knows and business theory tells us in all cases that that just is not the right way and that is not the right way to deliver shareholder value over the long-term and it's not the right way to act as a corporate citizen over the long term as well and that's probably something else that we can uh, we can go into in more depth as well so i've talked for about 19 minutes now 20 minutes and uh, i think this is a good time to wrap up the first podcast hopefully you've got a flavor for who i am and uh, why i'm here and some of the things that i hope to share i'm really interested to hear what everyone thinks about this and to get your input and ideas on what i could talk about and you know some different subjects i'm going to in the next podcast probably talk about some of the people I'm going to get on the uh, on, on here to talk about so you can be excited about some of those but as I said I've got some friends who are entrepreneurs I've got some friends who own their own businesses but probably don't describe themselves as entrepreneurs because they're in skilled based businesses and I want to uh, try and bring a whole gamut of all those people on so that we can talk to them and understand you know what inspired them to take the journey that they've taken and what they learned along the way and what advice that they would give to someone who wanted to pursue a similar journey. 
So thanks very much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope I brought you some value even here in the first episode where I've basically just been talking about my experiences on a, on a very broad level. But let me know what you think and uh, I look forward to talking to you all again tomorrow. Thanks very much. Bye.